They will regulate a militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you're with us on the program today. We're going to be talking about the uh, on-again, off-again, and currently, as of the time I sit in front of this microphone, off-again status of uh, Oregon's Measure 114. A busy day in the uh, court system on Tuesday with uh, dueling rulings. One, from a uh, federal judge upholding uh, Measure 114 for the most part, uh, allowing the state to uh, take a month or so to try to put that uh, permit to purchase scheme together, but upholding the magazine ban, uh, at least in terms of uh, uh, allowing the law, uh, banning the uh, manufacture, sale, and possession in many cases of uh, quote-unquote large-capacity magazines, uh, allowing that to go into effect. Uh, on Thursday. And then, as we saw Tuesday afternoon, a circuit judge in a different case actually said, no, 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 Measure 114, I think this is likely to violate uh, Oregonians' constitutional rights. So we're going to put the whole shebang on hold. Uh, and that's where we are right now. Uh, the state is asking the uh, Oregon uh, Supreme Court uh, to uh, reconsider that uh, circuit judge's decision, but uh, as of the time of, of this uh, recording or this taping of a uh, camera company, that has not happened. Uh, anyway, we're going to get more into this in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Direct Bullion USA, the new gold standard of gold and silver dealers. You wouldn't let the swamp of Washington, D.C. take your guns, so why would you let them take your retirement? Visit directbullionusa.com today and start learning how to protect your financial freedom by requesting a free investment guide. Secure, protect, and diversify. Get started now at directbullionusa.com. So I thought on today's show, we could kind of look at um, the two competing rulings yesterday and how these two judges came to such differing conclusions about the same gun control measures, right? Judge Karen Immergut, the uh, U.S. District Judge, who said, yeah, Measure 114, I, 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 I don't think that uh, large capacity magazines are even protected by the Second Amendment versus uh, Judge Ratio in uh, uh, Haney County, I believe it is, uh, who said, actually, uh, quote, unquote, large capacity magazines are in common use. They're commonly owned by lots of Oregonians. Uh, so, no, they are actually protected by the Second Amendment, and uh, Measure 114 would likely violate the rights of Oregonians uh, if that magazine ban were to be in effect. And the same holds true for that uh, permit-to-purchase scheme as well. Uh, Harney County, by the way, not uh, Haney County. Uh, and it was uh, Judge Robert Ratio uh, who issued this ruling. The Oregonian says it left Measure 114 proponents stunned as they were still celebrating a federal judge's ruling three hours earlier that allowed Measure 114 to take effect as planned with only a 30-day delay in the requirement to obtain a permit to buy a firearm. So yeah, Measure 114 supporters, they, they were kind of rocked uh, by this decision. But I got to say, you know, and here's the thing, uh, Judge Ratio issued most of his ruling from the bench. So uh, unless you've got a transcript, it's hard to, you know, uh, parse out. Uh, all of the reason, all of the arguments that uh, the judge used, unlike Immergut, who uh, did release a written opinion uh, that I think showed uh, some real flaws, honestly, uh, in her reasoning. Um, we'll get into that. 
in just a moment. Let's take a look uh, first at uh, what uh, Judge Ratio had to say in uh, Harney County, Oregon. Uh, he said, uh, quote, while there's been relentless news about mass shootings and slaughter of innocents, that doesn't mean that Measure 114 is constitutional. Public safety is a valid concern that doesn't give the state of Oregon the ability to pass any and all gun control measures. Now, it's important to note as well that uh, uh, since this was a case that was filed in, in circuit court at the state level, not at the federal level, the argument used by plaintiffs is less about, well, my Second Amendment rights are being violated because that, again, is a right enshrined in our U.S. Constitution. And instead, it's more that this is a violation of Oregon's state constitution, which also protects the right to keep and bear arms under Article 1, Section 27. Uh, Ratio said that with implementation of Measure 114, there are serious harms to the public interest as well, which could include individuals being arrested and prosecuted for Class A misdemeanors under what could be found to be an unconstitutional statutory scheme. And that potential could happen if ballot measure 114 is allowed to go into effect without significant judicial scrutiny. And certainly, no one would argue that individual liberty is not a cornerstone of our country. First, the people, then the state, as Judge Ratio said. Now, the uh, representative from the state attorney general's office who was uh, arguing against a uh, TRO uh, had uh, urged uh, Judge Ratio to consider the experience the Oregonian rights of the state of California, which is in a similar ban on large capacity magazines since 1994. He said, to quote, America's largest market has operated under these rules for several decades, and I'm sure our market will be similarly served. Now, the Oregonian notes that uh, California's ban on magazines that can hold more than 10 rounds also faces a uh, ongoing legal challenge in federal court in San Diego. A ban, by the way, that uh, federal judge Roger Benitez uh, declared was unconstitutional. Uh, and actually stayed the imposition of California's uh, current mad ban for a week. That, that's called Freedom Week in California. And it is estimated that during the one week or so in which Californians were able to purchase, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines, that they did so in record numbers. The California Rifle and Pistol uh, Association estimates as many as one million large-capacity magazines were sold in the state of California during that one week in which uh, Judge Benitez's order had put a halt to the state's enforcement on the ban of the uh, sale of magazines that could hold more than 10 rounds. So while the Attorney General's office in Oregon says, oh, California's law is working great, it's not, clearly. And when California residents were uh, given the ability to purchase commonly owned firearms that are available for sale in the vast majority of the country, they did so, again, in eye-popping numbers. Uh, but again, the attorney general's uh, representative says um, uh, that, uh, quote, uh, well, uh, let me quote the Oregonian story. Uh, they say Oregon gun owners can still have larger capacity magazines in their home on their property, as well as use them for target shooting, shooting competitions or other recreational purposes, such as hunting. Uh, again, that was the argument from the attorney general's uh, office. I mean, look, it's not really a ban ban. Right. I mean, you still have them at your home. So you can use them for self-defense in your home. Uh, you can use them for competition. You can use them while you're hunting, but you just can't carry them out on the street, right? Your your Glock with a 17 round magazine. We don't want that, but 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 sure, you can have your uh, magazine there for uh, hunting or uh, recreational shoot, whatever you want, as long as it's on your property or at a range. The uh, attorney representing uh, the uh, plaintiffs in this case, however, 
Uh, this was a case, by the way, brought by uh, Gun Owners of America, uh, Gun Owners Foundation, as well as the uh, two gun owners in Harney County. Uh, the uh, attorney representing the uh, plaintiffs there, uh, Tony Aiello, said, well, that doesn't make any sense from, from, a, from a constitutional perspective, from a legal perspective here. That's not the reason, he said, why Article 1, Section 27 exists in the Oregon State Constitution. It's for self-defense in the home, outside the home, at work, if your employer will allow it. That is the purpose of it. And many Oregonians, hundreds of thousands, are going to be unable to do so on Friday if Measure 114 were to take effect. DeDracio, in his uh, ruling from the bench, said he was persuaded that magazines are protected by the Oregon Constitution and that firearms containing fixed magazines that can hold 10 rounds or more are common uh, and in common use within the state of Oregon. Now, again, that is a very different conclusion than what uh, Judge Karen Immergut found when she said, no, no, Measure 114, uh, at least the magazine ban provisions, can be enforced starting on Friday. Uh, or, or Thursday, I guess, December 8th, when the law was uh, slated to take effect, right? Her reasoning, now keep in mind what the Bruin decision said about the test that should be used to look at Second Amendment cases going forward. The Bruin case did not deal with permit-to-purchase laws. It didn't deal with magazine bans. It dealt with may-issue concealed carry, right? But the court did say that the test that courts have been using since Heller, this uh, two-step tiered scrutiny test where first you decide, okay, does this law implicate the Second Amendment? And if it does, uh, well, what level of judicial review should we use here, right, to determine whether or not this law is valid or invalid? Immigrant acknowledged the Bruin decision. She acknowledged the test of the text, history, and tradition laid out by the Supreme Court in Bruin. But then she largely ignored it. Uh, writing about the magazine ban, for instance, quote, in light of the evidence of the rise in mass shooting incidents and the connection between mass shooting incidents and large capacity magazines and absent evidence to the contrary regarding the role of large capacity magazines for self-defense, defendants are comparatively uh, comparably justified in regulating large capacity magazines to protect the public. So she didn't talk about the text of the Second Amendment. She, she mentioned it. To, to be fair, she mentioned it. And she also mentioned uh, some uh, regulations throughout U.S. history that she says are similar enough to Oregon's proposed magazine ban that they count as historic analogs. I got to say, I think some of her examples were really an overreach. Uh, For instance, she talked about the uh, Illinois law uh, that uh, was upheld in Presser versus Illinois back in the 1800s. Uh, that forbade uh, basically armed paramilitary units uh, from uh, parading around. How does that compare to a ban on some of the most commonly owned firearms in America? Uh, If you consider, again, magazines to be arms, which the judge in Harney County does and which Judge Immigrant does not. How does that compare? Well, the federal judge said, "Um, well, you know, listen, there was a public safety reason for uh, preventing armed paramilitary units from parading around in public. And there's a similar public safety reason uh, why Oregon doesn't want people walking around with, uh, you know, a magazine that has more than 10 rounds in it. And so therefore, 
the Illinois law is analogous to the magazine ban in Oregon, and it's really just not. It's really not. But of course, the federal judge, I think, also uh, erred when she uh, declared that, in her opinion, it is unlikely that quote-unquote large-capacity magazines are even protected by the Second Amendment at all. Uh, her rationale for that was that, uh, well, you know, um, there's just not a lot of evidence. Uh, here's yeah, let me, yeah, let me just give you the quote here. The evidentiary record before this court at this stage in the litigation shows that while large capacity magazines are rarely used by civilians for self-defense, they are often used in law enforcement and military situations. The evidentiary record also shows that large capacity magazines are disproportionately used in crimes involving mass shootings. Based on this record, the court concludes that plaintiffs have not shown that large capacity magazines are weapons, quote, in common use for lawful purposes like self-defense, such as they fall within the plain text of the Second Amendment. All right, so here's, here's the problem with what Immergut uh, claimed there. It's not just that, um, look, the Supreme Court has said the fundamental purpose of the Second Amendment is, in fact, self-defense, right? But that's not the only reason for the Second Amendment. So when you're looking at arms that are in common use for a variety of lawful purposes, including self-defense, but not necessarily limited to self-defense, you could also include training. You could include Hunting, you could include competitive shooting, right? Uh, all of which uh, I think are uh, areas where uh, magazines with a capacity greater than 10 rounds uh, would be in common use. Perhaps not for deer hunters, but if you're varmint hunting, <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to want more than 10 rounds in your magazine. Uh, at least I do when I'm varmint hunting on my property in Virginia. Uh, but Judge Emmergut ignored all that. Right. She also ignored the lack of a history of regulating magazine or firearm capacity, which there was no sign of that. The ratification uh, when the ratification of the Second Amendment took place. Now, again, the argument is, well, there were mostly single shot firearms back then. OK, fine. What about when the 14th Amendment was ratified after the Civil War? At that point, multi shot firearms were definitely in common use. Semi-automatic firearms? No. But multi-shot firearms? Revolvers? Yeah. Lever-action rifles? Yeah. In fact, the Henry repeating rifles uh, uh, marketing slogan at the time was load on Sunday, shoot all week. Right? That was, I, you know, I take it back. That wasn't the marketing slogan for, uh, for Henry. That was actually what uh, a Civil War soldier said about the Henry repeating rifle, that you could load on Sunday and shoot all week long. And again, were there the 19th century analogs to Mom's Demand Action or Brady or Giffords or Everytown for Gun Safety out there calling for a ban on lever action rifles or on multi-shot revolvers? No, there weren't. Uh, as uh, Judge Emmergut said, it really isn't until you get to the 1980s or so more than 100 years after the passage of the 14th Amendment. And, uh, well, pretty darn close to 100 years since the uh, development of the uh, semi-automatic uh, firearm. Do you start to find these bans on, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines? Now, based on what the Supreme Court said in Bruin, those regulations would not be long-standing. Those uh, regulations would not be widespread. 
uh, and they would not be able to be traced back uh, in any shape or form to regulations or restrictions on gun ownership, again, at the time of the ratification of the 14th Amendment or the time of the ratification of the Second Amendment. At the same time, Judge Immigrant says, well, you know, listen, uh, they're, they're, they're not in common use for lawful purposes like self-defense. But clearly they are. Again, you've got, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, somewhere north of 80 million large capacity magazines that are in the hands of American gun owners. If the vast majority of those guns or, or, or excuse me, those arms or even a majority, even a plurality of those magazines were being used in violent crime. Violent crime would be a lot higher. Uh, the fact remains that the bulk of those who possess, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines are peaceable gun owners. They're never going to commit a violent crime. Now, they may never end up actually having to pull the trigger of their firearm that has a, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazine uh, uh, inserted in it in self-defense, right? But they still have the ability to use that firearm in self-defense. One could argue, in fact, the uh, attorneys, I believe, for uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition, arguing uh, before Judge Immergut in federal court, uh, made the case that, uh, listen, just because, oh, you know what? I take it back. I take it back. It was not, there's so many lawsuits going around. I, I apologize. This is why I probably should start to edit these shows instead of just, uh, you know, stopping in the middle. But it was not the Oregon case. It was the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday. Again, so many lawsuits. Uh, yesterday, the Fourth Circuit heard an argument against Maryland's ban on so-called assault weapons. And the uh, Attorney General's Office for the State of, American, uh, State of Maryland said, uh, well, I, I, you know, listen, uh, there's very little evidence that AR-15s and other modern sporting rifles or assault weapons are used in self-defense. The rebuttal from the uh, plaintiff's attorney is that simply possessing an AR-15 for the purpose of home defense or self-defense is, in fact, using it for self-defense, right? You, you should not have to pull the trigger of a firearm in order to uh, say, well, yeah, I use that in self-defense. No, it's there. It's ready. You shouldn't have to be broken into and become the victim of a violent crime in order for you to demonstrate that, yeah, this is actually useful for me to protect and defend my life. But that is the standard that the uh, AG's office in Maryland took, and it's certainly the, uh, the, the stance that the AG's office in Oregon has taken when it comes to magazines and not, quote-unquote, assault weapons themselves. Unfortunately, again, it's also the stance that uh, Judge Immergut took, at least in regards to a temporary restraining order. Now, uh, it is expected that Immergut's decision will be appealed. Uh, they will ask for a, a, a preliminary injunction, which will uh, give them another opportunity to sort of flesh out the record, uh, so to speak, uh, in terms of the, the evidence uh, for these measures uh, causing harm to Oregon residents. Uh, but we also have the Oregon State Supreme Court again on this sort of dual track right now, right? So next stop... Uh, for the federal legislation would be the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Next stop for the state legislation, apparently going to be the Oregon State Supreme Court. Measure 114 still supposedly on ice for now, but uh, one or more portions uh, could go into effect 
this week. Although it looks like the permit to purchase law looks like everybody's in agreement. Whether or not they've agreed that the uh, permit to purchase is actually unconstitutional, it does seem like there is widespread agreement that implementing the permit to purchase this week would be an outright disaster. Uh, and it, I, I, I feel fairly confident that uh, the permit to purchase measure uh, at least is going to be put on hold uh, for the 30 days that uh, Immergut uh, suggested. Whether or not that uh, delay goes uh, uh, beyond that, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Again, the Oregon State Supreme Court might have uh, something to say about this as well. But uh, it is fascinating to me that uh, two judges took a look at the same law and uh, came to such starkly different conclusions. Uh, and it is a reminder that um, while the Bruin decision was a good one, unquestionably so for gun owners, there are going to continue to be judges and lawmakers who will misread the Bruin decision, who will ignore what the decision specifically had to say, uh, or will interpret the Bruin decision uh, as broadly as possible in order to, again, try to uphold as many restrictions on the right to keep bear arms as anti-gunners can get away with. Um, thankfully, I don't think Bruin is going to be the last word from the Supreme Court. But boy, the cases are starting to pile up that need those justices' attention, aren't they? All right, let's turn our attention, speaking of uh, turning attention places, to uh, today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, as well as our recidivist report. We'll start there. New York, New York, New York, where, uh, again... Concealed carry, lawful concealed carry, is considered an unquestionable wrong, not a fundamental right by uh, state lawmakers. Meanwhile, you've got guys like Sundance Oliver taken into custody after a shooting spree that uh, killed a 17-year-old girl, a 21-year-old man, a 96-year-old man, who apparently wasn't even uh, his intended target, also uh, wounded uh, in his crime spree, which uh, police say began several days ago in uh, late November. Uh, now accused of two murders, a shooting, a robbery, and an assault. The uh, New York Police Department Chief of Detectives James Essex said the incident spanned across three boroughs, the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Manhattan, and culminated his arrest uh, and our massive and intensive search. November 21st, Sunnets Oliver allegedly uh, robbing a victim, stealing over $4,000. December 3rd, police say he punched his girlfriend in the face, causing injuries. The next day, he fired into a bodega when a victim that he was trying to rob ran inside for help. And then on December the 5th, uh, Oliver uh, allegedly accidentally shot a 96-year-old man in a wheelchair while aiming for a woman at the uh, Kingsboro houses. A woman uh, reportedly a girlfriend of a man that officers believe previously tried to shoot Oliver. Six hours later, at the Smith houses in the East Village, Oliver allegedly shot and killed a 21-year-old man. And then around midnight, he returned to the Kingsboro houses and allegedly killed a 17-year-old girl. Police say that uh, it is believed that both of those homicide victims known to the uh, perpetrator, but they say they don't yet know the motive. What they do know is that Sundance Oliver is no stranger to the criminal justice system. Uh, according to CBS New York, Oliver is a member of a local gang known for robberies and has 31 prior arrests. 31 prior arrests. As many arrests as Baskin Robbins has flavors. And he was out on parole for an armed robbery that took place back in 2015. I would like to know how many more times has Oliver been arrested since 2015? If he's got 31 arrests total, how many since he was uh, let loose on probation 
uh, for armed robbery, excuse me, parole. So apparently he did some time behind bars, but we don't know how much time. And again, we don't know how many uh, other arrests there have been since he was released from custody seven years ago. Sounds like there have been some other opportunities for the criminal justice system to uh, deliver some consequences to Mr. Oliver, but that hasn't happened. And again, the status quo being the way it is in New York, the Democrats in charge are far more interested in turning legal gun owners into paperwork criminals than actually ensuring that violent offenders face any consequences whatsoever for their crimes. Today's uh, armed citizen story, Warner Robins, Georgia, where police say a attempted robbery at a Warner Robins restaurant ended up with the uh, suspect being fatally shot by the owner of that uh, restaurant. This was uh, Monday night. According to the Warner Robins police, this uh, shooting at American Philly and Wings is being investigated as a robbery and a self-defense homicide. Officers were apparently called to uh, the restaurant just before 9.45 p.m. on Monday. Investigators say the business owner uh, and witnesses told officers that a man tried to rob the restaurant. man later identified as 23-year-old Joshua Hickey. They say that Hickey pistol-whipped a victim inside. After that, they say investigators say the victim pulled a gun and shots were fired. That's when uh, Hickey uh, fled the store. He was later found by police uh, in the uh, town of Warner Robins, taken to a local hospital with gunshot wounds, and uh, passed away. The victim of the robbery had minor injuries. They say the uh, investigation is ongoing at this point in time, but right now, anyway, it appears to be a, a clear-cut case of self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a, a police officer in Elk City, Oklahoma, who rushed into a burning home to save an elderly man inside. Yeah, very scary situation. This was back on November the 30th. Uh, Sergeant Colt Lowry, the uh, first to arrive at the scene of a house fire, and uh, someone said, listen, someone's inside. Uh, Lowry tried to open the front door, but it was locked, so he ended up having to kick down the back door. Smoke billowing out of the structure, but uh, Lowry decided to go inside, crawling on his hands and knees to try to avoid as much of the smoke until he saw a pair of feet. Uh, and that is when Lowry was able to pull 89-year-old Richard Carr out of the home. At that point, Carr was already unconscious, but uh, Lowry and another officer uh, carried him to the front yard. First aid was administered, uh, and uh, it looks like, um, unfortunately, Carr passed away on December the 1st. Uh, he was, however, able to pass away, surrounded by his family and friends, and not alone in a house fire. So even though this story doesn't have the happy ending that we were all hoping for, Colt Lowry's heroic actions should still be acknowledged and recognized. Elk City Police Chief Eddie Holland says Colt's an exceptional officer. He's an exceptional human being. He does the right thing a lot of times in danger to himself and just makes me really proud that we have officers who are willing to put themselves last. Absolutely. Again, I, I wish that uh, the outcome had been better for uh, Richard Carr, but I am glad that uh, he at least was able to pass away surrounded by those who loved him. Thanks again to the heroic efforts of uh, Sergeant Cole Lowry there in Elk City, Oklahoma. 
That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. And uh, just a reminder, we will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news you need to know about. But with everything changing so rapidly, make sure you check out the website too, bearingarms.com. Updating it throughout the day. We'll get you caught up on what you need to know. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member of Bearing Arms. All you have to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. And you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Not only will you be supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism we do at Bearing Arms, but we're going to say thank you by giving you exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that uh, will have an impact, uh, hopefully not only on you, but those that uh, you share our stories with. Anyway, I hope you have a, a fantastic rest of your hump day Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.